Hello and welcome. This is a homily from Father Thomas Piccioni in the Diocese of Covington, Kentucky. It is from the second Sunday of Easter, 2020, Divine Mercy Sunday. So today, we're celebrating the second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. And I must admit that this gospel passage is my favorite passage in all of Scripture. Now, giving all the beautiful stories that we have in the Bible, that must mean the story is fairly remarkable for me to pick it as my favorite passage. And it is. It is a powerful and remarkable story because it speaks to our relationship with Jesus in a very profound and special way. And because this passage in all of Scripture is my favorite passage, it actually makes today, Divine Mercy Sunday, is my favorite Sunday to celebrate throughout the year. Now, you'll be thinking, well, Easter Sunday should be my favorite day. Well, spiritually it is. Liturgically, it's the most important, but this day holds prime place. Because every year on this day, on Divine Mercy Sunday, we read the same exact gospel passage year after year. The reason why I choose this as my favorite day not only because of this passage, but what the passage explains to us about what we just celebrated over the course of the last week and a half. You see, during Holy Week at the Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and even Easter, we read about the what of taking place. We read about the what of the Last Supper. We read about the what of the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we even read about the what of the resurrection. But today we read about the why. Today we understand why there was a Last Supper. Why there was a Good Friday in the passion and death of Jesus. Why there was a resurrection and Jesus rose from the dead. Now I have to admit, part of the reason this is one of my favorite stories is because the main character, well, the second main character, the first main character always Jesus, but the second main character Thomas is my patron saint, and I have a special connection with him. But that's not really the reason why it is now my favorite passage, but it was my connection with St. Thomas that helped me to see the depth of what this passage is all about. You see, this is more than simply a story about one of the apostles going from unbelief to faith. This is the story about going from sorrow to joy. The story about going from loneliness to union. The story about going from the human to the divine. The story about going from sin to forgiveness. Of going from separation from God to entering into the heart of God. It's more than a story about Thomas the unbeliever, Thomas the skeptic, Thomas the loner. It's also a story about Thomas the seeker, Thomas the intense lover. And that's why it's my favorite. It speaks to us about what God wants from us and what God wants for us. This story speaks about divine mercy in a way that no other passage does. 
Yes, all that is contained in this one story. You know, when we're hearing this story, we're almost always drawn to the fact that Thomas was the doubter. That's why we get the expression, doubting Thomas. He didn't believe, then he went to believe. My Lord, my God. But there's so much more to this story. And if that's all we focus on, we miss something more. Have we ever asked ourselves when we're hearing this, why was Thomas missing that first Sunday? We hear in the gospel passage that the apostles were meeting in the upper room on the first day of the week, which means they were meeting Sunday evening. And they were meeting in order to celebrate the Mass, to continue what they experienced on Holy Thursday. And Thomas isn't there. And nobody has any clue why, but he wasn't there. Have we ever asked, why is it that when he hears about Jesus being alive, that he says, I'm not going to believe it until I put my fingers in his hands and put my hand in his side. I'm not going to believe it until I see him, touch him, and feel him. And have we ever asked, why is it that Jesus actually gives in to his demands, that Jesus allows him to do those very things? The answer to all of those is explained throughout Holy Week and Easter, because all of that speaks to what this passage is telling us. You see, Thomas in his doubt represents his struggle with his faith. It's a sign of his own weakness and his own fears. For whatever reason, he didn't want to be with the others. And as I said, we don't know why he was missing. We don't know why he wasn't there. But something kept him from being a part of that first time they were celebrating together. Something kept him alone so he couldn't experience that peace of Jesus poured out on the disciples when Jesus first enters the room on that first Sunday. So Thomas's absent absence is a result of whatever it is that he's questioning about his faith. He doesn't believe, and it's a sign of his own sinfulness. Because every sin that we commit is a lack of belief in our Lord Jesus. Every sin we commit is our way of saying, I don't totally trust God that you have won the victory and that you are with me. Every sin is a sign of doubt and the power of God to overcome whatever it is that we're dealing with. And so what's the result of our sinfulness? What's the result is we're alone. We separate ourselves. We separate ourselves from the community. Thomas wasn't with the apostles. We separate ourselves from Jesus. When he showed up, Thomas wasn't there to experience that. And we even separate ourselves from ourselves. Thomas is lost and alone and probably terrified. I mean, if the disciples in the upper room were scared and they were together, imagine how he felt being by himself. And that's what sin does. That's what that lack of faith does to us. But something stirred within him. Something within him wanted to reunite again, wanted to get past that. He's still struggling with his, whatever weakness he has. He's still struggling with sin, because even after the apostles tell him, look, Jesus is here, he says, look, I ain't going to buy into that nonsense. I don't believe it. I don't trust yet. 
I haven't let go of my own struggles. However, he wanted to be able to come back into union again. He wanted to move past his own fear and his own doubts. So he shows up the following Sunday. Again, the gospel tells us that they met again the next first day of the week in the upper room. This time Thomas is with them. Thomas is reaching out now and saying, I want to move past this. Something stirred his heart to come forward. He didn't want to live in that sinful condition anymore. And so he comes forward this time, but he's still struggling. And God knows of his struggles. Jesus knows what's in his heart. So when Jesus comes back this next time, after he tells the disciples peace, the first thing he does is he goes to Thomas. Because when our hearts start to open up to our Lord, that's always the thing that the Lord does first. He makes that step towards us. He approaches Thomas. And he says, I know what you're dealing with. I know your pain and your struggles and your doubts and your questions. Come to me now. And he shows him his hands and he says, look. It is I. Look at my hands and my side. Now step closer and put your finger into my hands. And then come even closer and put your hand into my side. It was Jesus reaching out to Thomas and saying, I know of your sinfulness. And the reason why he shows him his hands and his side, why he shows us his hands and his side, is because he's saying, look, your sin, your fear, your doubt of me is why I did this. This happened because of your own sin. I said, but he also shows it to him not to make Thomas feel guilty. He says, but in my love for you, I was willing to accept this. I did this for you. Even though you were a sinner, even though you questioned me, even though you turned away from me, even though you run from me, I did this for you, to draw you back. I entered into my passion for you. And he's telling Thomas that by showing him his hands and his side. He said, this is all for you, so that you can come close to me. He's inviting him, saying, if my love for you is this great, then no sin is going to keep you from me. And so Thomas accepts that mercy of God. The fact that he came forward was his way of saying, I confess, I want to once again be a part of my Lord. I want to once again be part of the community. So he comes before our Lord Jesus and he puts his finger into his side. He acknowledges his own sin. He acknowledges that he is responsible for what happened to Jesus. And he approaches Jesus and it's his way of saying, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry for questioning you. I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry for turning away from you. He goes forward and he puts his finger into his hand. He's saying, I want to be close to you again. But it's not enough for Thomas. He doesn't just want the Lord's forgiveness. He doesn't just want the Lord's mercy. He wants to enter into union with Christ. And that's what Jesus wants. Thomas says, not just can I see his hands. I want to touch his hands. I want to feel his pain. I want to experience the very sacrifice that he did for me. And after I experience his pain, I want to go even further into that. I want to reach into his very heart. You see, the reason why Jesus opened up his side 
to Thomas is because he's saying, come into me. Don't just see me. Don't just touch me. Unite yourself to me. It's important to understand that that gap in the sight of Jesus was Jesus' way of opening his heart to us in a very special way. When Jesus was on the cross, after he dies, the soldier pierces his side with the lance and blood and water flow out. The reason why blood and water flow out is because the lance pierced his heart. And so when Thomas wants to reach into the side of Jesus, he wants to reach into the very heart of God. He wants to touch the heart of his Lord, his master, his friend, of his God. And Jesus says, I want you to touch it too. I'm opening myself up so that we can be united once again. Come into me, Thomas. Experience me. That's why he gives us communion. That's what Holy Thursday is all about. The why of communion, or why of the Last Supper, is this particular gospel passage. Because Jesus is offering us the same thing that he offers to Thomas. If you look at what's happening at communion, we're going through the same story that he went through. We acknowledge our sinfulness, but we gather anyways. We come together, and the Lord in communion offers himself to us, and he says, look at me. We say the body of Christ. We have to remember, when we say the body of Christ in communion, it is the body of the glorified Christ. It is the body of Christ that the disciples in the upper room saw on this day that we celebrate. It's the glorified body of Christ that still has the wounds in his hands and the wound in his side. That's the body of Christ we receive. And he's doing the same thing with us during communion that he did with Thomas. Come to me. Don't just look at me. Don't just touch me. Enter into me. That's what communion is all about. We say amen at the body of Christ. We're saying, Jesus, I want to enter into you. I want to offer myself to you. I want to become what you are. I want your sacrifice to be mine. I want your pain to be mine because you made my pain yours. You made my sacrifice yours. That's the why of all of Holy Week. It explains everything of why Jesus did what he did, why he gave us the Eucharist at the Last Supper, why he suffered on the cross so that we could enter into that same sacrifice, so we could be eventually united to him again. When he opens up his wounds to Thomas, he's saying, enter into my sorrow. Take my sacrifice and make it your own. Reach into me so that my gift of love becomes your gift of love. So that you too will also be willing to sacrifice yourself out of love for me as I sacrifice myself out of love for you. It explains the why of Good Friday. Why Jesus did what he did for us. Not only to express his love for us and to forgive us our sins, but to unite himself to us once again. And then when Jesus says, reach into my side and touch my heart, it explains the whole purpose of the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead so that we could enter into that union with him once again, so that our hearts can be connected to his heart, so that we can cradle the very heart of God in our hands and it can become ours. That's what he wants to give us. 
Today is such a beautiful day because it explains perfectly what divine mercy is all about. Jesus looks at Thomas and says, you have caused my pain. But now I set that aside. I forgive you. Come back to me. See me. Embrace me. Unite with me. It is such a powerful story. And it's even more powerful because of the gift of our Lord Jesus. We have the ability to enter into his very sacrifice that leads to his heart. We hear in the second reading today from Peter. Peter says, you must suffer for a little while, but so that you can achieve the glory of God. And that's exactly what Jesus was telling Thomas. You will have to suffer with me, but eventually you'll be able to achieve the glory of embracing my heart. This is such a powerful day. And when Thomas was able to enter into that union with Christ, when he was able to set aside his own fears, when he was able to set aside his sin and to join the heart of Jesus, it made him somebody different. And then he was able to go out and live the life that he was called to live. He was able to live out what we hear in that first reading today, where people share their blessings with others, where they enter into unity with the community around them, where they praise God together for his great gift of love, where they offer sacrifice for the good of one another. And Thomas did that so well in his life because Jesus allowed him to touch his heart. So on this day today, we need to be like Thomas, recognizing our own doubts, our own fears, our own struggles, but still come before the Lord, trusting in his mercy, believing in what he wants to offer to us. And when Jesus says, come forward, we go before him. We recognize our sins and what we did. We recognize the love that he has for us. And then we reach into his heart and we hold it. We make it our own. That's what divine mercy is all about. That's what our life is all about.